0: Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Good morning, Destiny family. I hope you and your household are doing well. I just wanted to say thank you for tuning in and and having church online with your DCC family. And on behalf of the staff, I just want to say that we miss you. We miss seeing you every week. And we can't wait to see you when this coronavirus threat is over. And until then, we're going to keep meeting online. And, and I'm asking you, church family, to pray for us as we navigate through this unchartered territory. We're adjusting our programming as new information comes forth. We're trying to figure this out. So bear with us. And if you don't mind, just pray for us. Pray for wisdom. If you have a need, I want you to let us know. You can call the church office. You can email us. We're ready to help. Uh, To all of our senior DCC attendees, I I pray that you are staying safe uh, within the walls of your home. I encourage you to stay put. Uh, We have people that are signed up, ready to help. If you need groceries, if you need medicine, whatever the need is, Call the church office, email us, let us know, and, and we'll get it delivered to your doorstep and, and, and we'll handle this the safest way that we know how. Just communicate with us. You have not because you ask not, and, and we wanna help. During our online church services, feel free to communicate with each other in the comment section. I want you to give me a few amens from time to time. I like reading those, I like seeing them. I want you to welcome each other home. Find a way to stay connected. You matter and we don't wanna lose contact with you during this process. Today we're going to continue with our series, Are We There Yet? The first week of this series, we realized that we can't stay here. To get to where God wants you to go, you can't stay where you are at. The second week of this series, we looked at the fact that there are times on the journey that you may ask yourself, what did I get myself into? And I told you that if God showed you the whole journey, you wouldn't take the first step. And then last week, we looked at the bitterness that can develop when the journey looks hopeless. Israel was one week into the journey and three days without water when they found the bitter waters of Marah. This produced a bitterness inside of them and and God commanded Moses to throw a certain tree into the water and the water became sweet. A certain tree, the cross of Christ, changes our bitterness to sweetness. Today, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles or on your digital devices to Exodus chapter 16, Exodus chapter 16, and just hold your spot there, and we'll get there in just a few moments. It has been said that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. In other words, cooking good food for a man will win his affection for you. I know when Mandy and I first got married, I weighed a whopping 170 pounds. Now that's not a lot of weight on on a six foot two inch frame. And so I was skin and bones. I I, I was just a skinny guy, but over the next five years, I averaged putting on 10 pounds a year. I gained 50 pounds during our first five years of marriage. Apparently Mandy uh, was doing something right with her cooking, or or maybe we were eating out a lot. I I don't know, it's been about 25 years, so I I can't remember, Uh, and I want to eat tonight, so I'm going with, she was an amazing cook, and, and that's why I gained the weight. If the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, then I will say that the way to change humanity's heart is through their stomachs. And God understands this. Throughout his word, God has always used food, specifically bread, to speak to the hearts of men and women. And so I want to read this morning out of Exodus chapter 16. I want to read verses 1 through 8. And it says, They set out from Elam and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they walk in my law or not on the sixth day when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. One of the worst parts about traveling with other people is when you get hungry, but the driver doesn't wanna stop. It's an awful feeling when when you're hungry, but they just wanna keep on going, they've got the pedal down and and, and they don't wanna stop. And, And I know that this is one of the reasons why I like to drive. If I'm going anywhere, if I'm traveling, I like to drive. And I know that this is also one of those moments that that the kids begin complaining and they begin asking those questions: How much longer? Uh, when are we going to stop? When are we going to stop and eat? Are, are we there yet? When people become hangry on a road trip, it, it tends to get rough. You you can go from playing the road sign games uh, and and listening to some great music to everyone in the car is at each other's throats. They're they're ready to kill each other. Hunger will cause The sweetest of little girls to become like Linda Blair from The Exorcist. Feed me or I will eat you. You know, and and it just gets ugly. They are a few weeks into this journey and the Israelites are hangry. So they do what they always do. They begin murmuring, grumbling, complaining against Moses and Aaron. And they are attacking their spiritual leadership. I often have pastors that ask me about how our congregation is handling all of the construction delays. How, how's your congregation dealing with this? And, and some of these pastors, they have their own horror stories and, and they'll tell me about people that become disgruntled and leave the church. They'll tell me about people who gossip behind their backs. They'll, they'll tell me about people that sow discord. And I can honestly answer them and say that, that you, church, the DCCers out there, the, the Destiny family, you've stayed sweet through this whole process, through three years of construction, through all the delays, through all the mishaps. You've been very respectful and, and you have just stayed sweet through all of it. And you are some of the best people that I know. And I'm blessed to be the pastor of such a wonderful church. Unfortunately, Moses Moses did not have the DC Seers in his flock, not in his congregation. They were not understanding, they were not considerate, they were not gracious. They murmured, they complained, they grumbled. And it's interesting to me that the Hebrew word used for grumbling and murmuring is the word lun. It's also translated throughout scripture as meaning to get stuck or to stay in one place or to stop permanently. In other words, grumbling and complaining will cause you to get stuck in your current situation. It will cost you growth. It will cost you progress. Israel, they can't get past this moment until they grow up and they stop complaining. They can't reach their promised land until they mature. And and church, we can't get to where we want to go as long as we're stuck complaining about where we are at. This is not there. Don't get stuck here. Don't get stuck in that moment that you feel trapped in, in that wilderness of your own. Don't get stuck there because that's not the promise. You have to be able to look forward with vision and and with faith believing and see what God has for you. He's got something better, but you've got to stay the course. Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. Don't get stuck. And so God responds to Israel in a way that reaches humanity because the way to humanity's heart is through their stomachs. And God sends manna, bread from heaven, to meet their physical needs. In the New Testament, Jesus feeds 5,000 by multiplying a young boy's lunch of five loaves of bread and two fish. You know, this is the only miracle besides the resurrection of Christ that, that is mentioned in all four of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So if all four chose to write about this, I would say there's something important about it. Two fish and five loaves of bread in my hands is just a couple of fish sandwiches. But two fish and five loaves in the hands of Christ feeds thousands. God does amazing things when he gets his hands on bread. But it's what happens next, the next day that is so interesting. You see, after the miracle of feeding the 5,000, those same people, they follow Jesus to the other side of the lake to Capernaum where his ministry was based out of. And they were seeking another physical meal. And they reminded Jesus about the manna that God supplied to their ancestors in the wilderness. And they claimed that if Jesus would just feed them again, if he would just supply bread, that they would believe. And Jesus uses this, as he often does, as a teachable moment. And he tells them that he is the bread of life. He tells them that their ancestors ate manna in the desert and they died. But if they would eat the bread of life, that they would live forever. And then he tells them that they must eat his body and drink his blood. And I'm sure it sounded weird and strange. You know, for us, we know that that means communion. But the Bible says that after he shared this, that many of his followers deserted him because they felt like it was such a hard and strange teaching. But yet there were the faithful few. They still chose to follow him. On this journey of life, church, God often gives us physical bread to sustain life. He he is the one that supplies. He is the one that sustains life. And he does this to teach us to trust him in the things we can see, but also in the things that we can't see. Man, what an appropriate word for such a time that we're living in right now. And the things that we can't see. I'm reminded in Luke chapter 24, where a resurrected Jesus walks along the road to Emmaus with two of his, his followers, two of his disciples, but they don't recognize him. They don't know that it's Jesus. And Jesus begins walking with them and talking with them. And after he asks them a few questions, he begins teaching them God's word. He begins going back to the Old Testament. And for seven miles, he talks about the scriptures in the Old Testament, the things that concern himself as the Messiah. And he begins teaching them from, from the law of Moses all through the prophets and he walks them through the word and, and and he shares verses like this with them. Maybe he shared Isaiah 7 and 14 that says the Messiah, the Savior of Israel will be born of a virgin. Maybe he shared Micah 5 and 2 that, that said the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem or 1 Chronicles 17 and 11 that said that the Messiah would come from the bloodline of David. Maybe he shared Zechariah 9 and 9 that says that he would enter Jerusalem riding a donkey. Maybe it was Psalm 22 and 16 that says that they would pierce his hands and his feet. Maybe it was Psalm 34 and 20 that said not a bone in his body would be broken or Psalm 16 and 10 rather that said that he would be resurrected from the dead. And he doesn't stop seven miles he shares all the scriptures that's what it says all the scriptures of the things that refer to him as the Messiah and they hear what he is saying but they still don't recognize him how often do you hear the preacher preach truth but you still don't get it or maybe you hear him preach truth but you just don't think that it applies to you it's not until Jesus sits down with them to eat, to break bread together. And at the moment that he takes the bread, blesses the bread, breaks the bread, at that moment, their eyes are open and they recognize that it's Jesus. You see, church, when you break the bread of life, when you open God's word, you are always going to discover Jesus. From cover to cover, you'll find that common thread and you will find Jesus. When you read the word, you discover the word. Like John said it, he said, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. This is the word. This is God. This is Jesus. Maybe this morning you need to mature to solid spiritual food. Maybe that's what God's calling us to do while we're in this wilderness, while we're on this journey, is he's asking us to graduate and and, and to start eating of of more mature spiritual food. Maybe you find yourself still on the bottle spiritually. You want someone else to constantly feed you. And if you don't get what you need, then you're not satisfied. Or, or maybe you're not happy with what God is trying to speak to you through the scriptures and through preaching. But God is calling us to learn to feed ourselves, to, to, to fall in love with his word and to glean from this. Probably even more so now than ever. I mean, think about it. We still have Internet access And so right now you're able to watch this sermon. You're able to listen to to this worship service online. But what happened if the internet was removed from our lives? Would you be able to sustain your spiritual life? Three weeks ago we never dreamed of what life would look like right now in this moment. We didn't think it would be possible. But life has forced us to slow down. You have more time on your hands now than you've had since you were a child without any cares, without any concerns. And the habits that we develop right now will determine our future trust in him, the bread of life. God is raining down spiritual manna from heaven to grow us and mature us. But church, don't just sit there. You've got to get up and you've got to gather the bread. You've got to start eating this for yourself. Robert L. Sumner, in his book, The Wonders of the Word of God, he tells the story of a man in Kansas City that was severely injured in an explosion. The victim's face was badly disfigured. He he lost his eyesight as well as both of his hands. And he was just a new Christian. And one of the things that he loved before the accident was reading his Bible and growing in God's Word. This was one of the greatest disappointments that he faced because he could no longer read the Bible without eyesight. Then he heard about a lady in England who read Braille with her lips. And so he ordered some books of the Bible in Braille. But much to his dismay, he discovered that the nerve endings in his lips had been destroyed by the explosion. One day, as he brought one of the Braille pages up to his lips, his tongue happened to touch a few of the raised characters and he could feel them. In that moment, he realized, I can read my Bible by using my tongue. That's a hunger for God's Word. And at the time that Robert Sumner wrote his book, that man had read through the entire Bible four times using just his tongue, reading that Braille. The Word of God is an acquired taste. If you make a dedicated decision to get deeper into the Word, And it doesn't become easy for you. It's not natural. I don't want you to be discouraged about it. It's an acquired taste. I understand that. And over time, you're going to learn to like it and even crave it. I like the way the psalmist said it in Psalm 119, 11. He says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Or Jeremiah 15 and 16 that says, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. or or when the prophet Ezekiel in, in chapter three and verse three said, and he said to me, son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. You know, one of the sad things about this story is that over time, the Israelites were no longer satisfied with manna. It didn't satisfy their cravings. They wanted something else. Bread from heaven was not good enough for them. My prayer for us today church is that God would teach us to crave manna from heaven that we would develop a hunger for his word and that he would fill us with his word. This is that perfect time in human history where we as individuals can learn to grow in God's word on our own. The words of Christ man shall not live by bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your provision. I thank you for manna from heaven. God, I just pray right now that you would let a hunger inside of us develop for your word. And God, as we begin to eat, as we begin to partake of your word, God, let that hunger grow and let it mature us. Let it grow us. God, I believe that during these moments of of isolation that we could actually become stronger so that when we come back together as a church, we are stronger individuals which will make the body of Christ that much stronger. So God, give us that hunger. Give us that desire for your word. Maybe you're watching today and, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's no shame in that. I don't want you to feel like you're left out of an elite club, that's not it at all, I've been there. Many people who are watching with you right now, they've been right where you're at. And it doesn't matter where you are sitting at, at at home, maybe at the office, maybe you're in the kitchen, and you're watching this on a TV or on a phone or your computer, it doesn't have to be in a church, in a sanctuary somewhere, the Spirit of God is there right now and He's pulling at your heart. And unless the Spirit of God draws you, you can't come to God the Father. But He's pulling at your heart right now. You feel Him. Friend, I want to lead you in a simple prayer that many of us have said, and today it's going to be my words, but I want you to repeat this out loud. And I want you to say these words. Make my prayer your prayer today as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I want you to look up to heaven and I want you to say it with me. Say, Dear Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and that he rose again, giving me eternal life. And today I make him the Lord of my life. In his name I pray. Amen. Amen. Destiny family, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate what God has done. Praise the Lord for those that just accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And listen, if you prayed that prayer, you do have a responsibility. Today, I want you to to feel that urge that you feel right now to tell someone. And don't let the enemy talk you out of this because he knows that this is how he is defeated. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And today we're gonna make that testimony so easy for you. Maybe there's nobody there near you that you can tell, but, but you can simply go online and you can tell us. We're, we're eager. We want to hear what God has done in your life. And you can do this at destinycommunitychurch.org connect. When you go to that page, there's a decision form. Scroll down to the decision form, fill that out. And when you fill that out, we're going to send you a book in the mail that tells you all about your next steps. We want to give this to you. It's our investment into you. It doesn't cost you anything but you've got to tell someone. And today, we're making that so easy. Just go to destinycommunitychurch.org slash connect and fill out that decision form. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.